Welcome, welcome, welcome into the inaugural episode of Dig City, a Purdue Volleyball podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman, the voice of Purdue Volleyball, and all season long, you can follow along with the Boilermakers, getting to know the players, coaches, and learning a few things on the way. Without further ado, let's welcome in the Muncie menace himself, Coach Dave Shondell. Coach, how are you doing on this afternoon? Gorgeous day here on Lake Freeman. It really is. It's nice to have uh, this first episode. If our listeners here, you know, a few locusts and boats are going by, it's just because we're, we're deckside out here on Lake Freeman. And so as we talk about this gorgeous summer day, how has the summer been going and how excited are you for the start of this season? Well, busy as always, uh, Daniel. You know, we like to think that we're going to get a lot of time to relax, but uh, between recruiting and camps, uh, there's still quite a bit on the plate. And, Fortunately, both have gone very well. Uh, I feel like our camps, we had uh, over 1,400 young people come in and be part of our Purdue volleyball camps. That was great. Uh, recruiting has gone well. We have uh, five athletes verbally committed that we can't talk about, but uh, really high-level players, and we feel like we're in the hunt for some, some youngsters in the classes of 2022 and 2023 that can be difference makers as well. Uh, but when, when I've had a chance to relax, it's been either here at the lake uh, or on a local golf course. So uh, I have had some opportunities and looking forward to a few more days of that before uh, uh, practice begins on August 8th. And as we continue to release episodes every couple weeks, we'll be talking about the new recruiting class, top 10 in the nation according to Prep Volleyball and Volleyball Mag. We'll be talking to different Purdue Boilermaker student-athletes as these episodes continue to roll on throughout the season. But now as we talk about the new classes, and you talk about the old classes, 17 years, do you remember it like it was yesterday, your first ever recruiting class with Purdue? Well, I certainly do. Uh, first recruit we got was Emily Williams out of uh, Mishawaka High School, the Cave Women, and that was a really, really strong program at the time, and uh, Emily was a six foot one inch middle that uh, was a terrific person, and uh, she came in, and also in that class was Elizabeth Jakes out of West Chicago High School, played for sports performance, and Sammy Motter, an opposite, about six foot two, uh, that came out of Fusion Volleyball Club, and then we also had Annie Mastandria out of uh, First Alliance. That was our four that came in, and, and we were really lucky, Daniel, that we, we got four great players in that first class, and then added to that with one of the best classes we ever had, the following year and because of some really good players that were here thanks to Jeff Halsmeyer and his staff that had had some good players here uh, we we didn't it didn't take long for us to get this thing rolling and uh, by our second year we were fortunate enough to make a, an NCAA tournament and there are a few similarities with this 2019 season and that second season of yours uh, coach Shondell in fact the first game on September 1st is going to be the latest start to the season since your second season when they also started the season on September 1st. And, of course, we've got a uh, transcendery new recruiting class. How have things changed in the last 17 years for you and for this program? Well, that's some great research on that September 1st uh, date. Um, we are starting late. We're going to have our first match on a Sunday, as you pointed out, September 1st. We had some trouble getting the kind of schedule put together that we wanted, but when it was all... Uh, finalized. I really like our schedule. Only nine non-conference uh, contests, but some really good ones. And we open up with Ohio University uh, on September 1. Uh, but we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at a later time. But 
uh, volleyball in general has changed in 17 years. Uh, you know, 17 is about as old as uh, the incoming freshman class. So uh, it, it's, it's been a, you know, a few drinks here at, uh, at Purdue. So I, I think the biggest changes are the evolution of the Big Ten Conference during that time. When I arrived at Purdue in, in 2003, it was February 17th, 2003 was my first day. Uh, Morgan Burke, you know, reached out and, and, and hired a, a guy out of a high school program and a club program and I'll be ever indebted to him having the courage to do that uh, but the Big Ten was probably the fifth best conference in the country at that time but I think because of the effort that Big Ten uh, universities have poured into women's sports uh, volleyball in this case because of the Big Ten network you know just blowing up and it wasn't around the Big Ten network was not around in 2003 I think it came in you know a few years after that but the Big Ten network has been awesome uh, for all sports but it's it's been great for volleyball and when you talk to the people at the Big Ten network they can't say enough positive things about volleyball and what it means to BTN but there have just been a lot of things that have allowed volleyball to, to really grow and and you know I like to share the story that when the USA women just won the world championship Two weeks ago, 11 of the 14 players on that roster are from the Big Ten Conference. So that gives, uh, I think, our listeners an idea of, when I say the Big Ten is the best conference in the country, the, the evidence is there. And uh, it, it just, uh, people that come out watch our team play in Holloway Gym, uh, they keep coming back. And so if we can get them in, get them in the doors one time, then we know that we're going to have a fan for life. And you mentioned the Holloway Gymnasium, Beeland Court, just named a top 10 NCAA volleyball venue. And I know that's got to mean a lot to you and, and the entire program, six of the top 10 as well in the Big Ten. What makes Holloway and what makes Beeland Court such a ferocious environment for, for these visiting teams and so welcoming for the, for the home boilers? Well, that was really exciting news, Daniel, to hear that uh, the NCAA had tabbed Holloway Gym is one of the 10 best places uh, to watch volleyball uh, because there's a lot of people that have worked very hard to make that happen. And uh, that our facility has been renovated a couple of times. Um, we've had new floor, uh, new bleachers. Uh, now we're, we're going to have new you know, video boards that hit the scene here uh, very shortly. Uh, it, it's a great place to play. Some venues in our league and across the country are in large basketball, you know, the former basketball arenas and and we have a place where there's not a bad seat in the house uh, 2500 people can come in and watch uh, big 10 volleyball and and of course the athletes themselves is what makes the show special uh, but the competition i think you said ferocious was the term you used uh, but it is certainly fierce and uh, i know our marketing people need to be applauded for what they've done to make it a, a great place to come watch volleyball. Our administration has provided everything that we need to make that venue relevant. As you look across the Big Ten right now, there are new um, volleyball facilities opening up. Um, you know, About every year something happens. This year there will be two, Ohio State, Indiana. Both have brand new facilities. They're going to hold about 3,500. They're very proud of those. Iowa opens one up next year. So we have to do everything we can to keep our facility sharp, uh, to keep it packed. And of course, the video boards and the air conditioning just in the past year are things that are going to make it really nice for our fans. I know you guys are going to have to uh, really hustle to try to get to a game this season. I know the tickets are 
filing up quickly. I think season tickets come out pretty soon now, or single game tickets as well. I'm going to try to keep a good balance here in this podcast between some coach talk, some player talk, and I also want to hear some stories. So I think my favorite story, Coach, that you've ever told me was about your interview to get this Purdue job. Basically, what the background was that you were going through, the, the high school coach experience that you had without coaching as an assistant coach in college. So we'd love to hear that story. Well, you know, I'd been a high school coach at that point in time for about 21 years uh, and also helped run, uh, you know, a really strong volleyball club called Muncieana Volleyball Club. And, you know, my dream always was to, to coach Division One volleyball. I didn't think it would ever happen because once you get nestled into a, a community like Muncie that's great for volleyball and you have a teaching job and, you know, as co-director of the volleyball club, I was broadcasting about 50 high school basketball games a year. So I, I had a great situation there, um, and, and people knew that. But I felt like you know, my dream was to, was to go to the next level, and, and I was just looking for a Division One job that would pay more than what I was making currently uh, in Muncie at Muncie Central High School and the Muncie Anna Volleyball Club, et cetera. And just, you just couldn't find somebody willing to give you a job. But Four years before that, in 1999, the job at Purdue opened up, and I looked at that job, and I happened to be at it, uh, uh, the uh, USA Women's Volleyball Training Center, and there were a couple of Big Ten coaches there that were helping select teams, which is what I was doing as well, and they both suggested that the Purdue job would not be as good of a job as the one that I currently had in Muncie, and as I look back at that, I'm not 100% sure that that's what they believed or they just really weren't interested in me you know going to Purdue uh, because of the I think the attraction we would have for the players in Indiana that they were coming in and stealing and taking back to their home schools but long story short uh, when I called and uh, I talked to Roger Blaylock I had the interview with him and the first thing that uh, the late Roger Blaylock told me at a hotel in New Orleans where the Final Four was being held in 2000 and actually 2002, he said the first guy we thought of was you. And I about floored me because who's thinking of a high school coach? But because of my dad and because of my older brother and, and my younger brother, the name certainly you know rings loud in, in the state of Indiana. And um, so that at least gave me some enthusiasm. But what I had to do, and he told me this, you got to convince our committee why we're going to hire a high school coach to come into the Big Ten Conference because they were afraid that there would be some um, concern over that. But um, So what I did was I had uh, a lot of the, the top college coaches in the country call or write on my behalf. I had uh, all the, the top club directors who were you know friends of mine and cohorts, and they did the same thing. And then... Purdue was not getting the best players in the state of Indiana. So I had those high school coaches that were coaching the best players in the state write and, and, and call and let uh, athletic director Morgan Burke and his staff know if, if I was here, it would change their perspective on, on Purdue volleyball. And uh, then I had the interview and uh, came in on campus and was able to talk to the team. And I talked to them just as if I was talking to my own team. I did a lot of research on every player. I knew every player, where they were from, what their strengths were, what their weaknesses were, and I think that gave me a feeling of, of comfort and confidence uh, during that interview. I even talked to people on the board of trustees, uh, talked to people in the John Purdue Club to spread the word that um, you know the Shondell boys were interested in, in the job. And uh, at the end of the day, I think because Purdue was the last place team in the conference, because it didn't necessarily pay extremely well at that point in time, there were not 
a huge amount of big time people interested in the job. Therefore, high school coach from Muncie, Indiana, lands a job at Purdue, and, and, and we've just been blessed that uh, we had great people here when we got here, and, and that recruits bought into what we were selling, and things have worked out pretty well since then. The rest is history, as they might say. So now, Coach, how do you keep that fire burning over the past nearly two decades at the helm? How does that, the same intensity, and I know you still have it, I know you still have that intensity, how do you keep that? I think that's just, that's who you are. You know, you don't take a job in the Big Ten Conference uh, if you don't have great intensity and enthusiasm and, and just incredible competitiveness. Uh, it's really hard to outcoach anybody in our league. The coaches are the best in the country. Um, it's hard to outwork anybody in this league because they're all just, you know, spinning the dial all 24 hours a day. But you have to do the very best you can um, to make that happen. And we feel like we're going to get we're going to get good recruits. We may not get the same recruit that Penn State or Nebraska or Stanford or Florida or Texas is getting. Sometimes we do, um, but we have to find the same athlete. May not be as well skilled, may not have some of the, the accolades that some of the other uh, big time players have. And then we have to do our work in the gym. We have to out train, out communicate, build relationships, develop that kind of chemistry and cohesion that's going to allow our team to play at the highest level because our league is just super, super tough. But uh, I love being, I mean, I love being at Purdue. I realize that, you know, that it's a blessing that I'm here. Uh, I'm really fortunate to be here. And if you're not working 24 hours a day, people are going to pass you by. And it's clearly a testament for those that, that have been following. They know how impressive it is to consistently finish in the upper third of what is well known as, as the premier conference in college volleyball. But what's that extra step in that ladder to make it your first Big Ten title and the first for Purdue since the 80s? That's the same question my athletic director keeps asking me, Daniel. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good question and probably a lot of other people. But uh, I think everybody recognizes that the league is ominous and uh, it, it just takes things rolling your way at the right time. You know, um, Some people have suggested you've got to do things differently. You've got to make changes in what you're doing. And I think we've had some productive changes. Stephanie Harpenau is a former All-American that played for us in the early days, and she's our director of operations and is just a rock star. Uh, we hired a, a grad assistant, uh, Mike Babinski, our athletics director, provided us with a new position where we have a grad assistant. She cannot coach, but she can work in, in a manager-type role, uh, which is very helpful for us. Those have been a couple of really good changes uh, that, that I think are going to help us, but it's all about a mentality. And uh, uh, we've had two recruiting classes back to back that I think uh, are made up of some people with some unique uh, intangibles where I think that they're, they're changing the way that uh, our team approaches every day. Uh, and, and we've got a great veteran crew. You know, you look at Blake Moeller and Shavana Catino two super athletes that will lead us this year as seniors and then our junior class is also thin but great people caitlin newton i think is going to be the uh, break breakout player of the year in the big 10 and jenna otek is just matured dramatically in the last six months and so those four people are are, are going to lead us but this these two young classes um have, have brought something special and our four upperclassmen will tell you that i'm not i'm not making that 
story up. Uh, they, they just bring a lot of great things to our, our program. And those are the kind of changes that you need. The expectations have to continue to go higher. We have to work harder, but work effectively um, with, with what we do. And, and we have to believe that we can win the Big Ten. And I think that when you look around athletically, we match up with everybody in this league. So now as you look and as these podcast episodes continue, I'm going to try to ask one per episode of what your favorite one match coaching. And we're going to try to we'll try to get through, you know, 17 as this season goes on, wow. one for every season or 16 and then including this season. But let's hear one from your first two or three years that you can still remember. And I know coaches can always point midway through the second set, that point changed the match. But what's one fantastic memory you have from your first few years coaching? Well, I think in our first season, you know, we, we had to make people believe. And um, the, we started off pretty well during the, the regular season. I think that we were uh, maybe 8-3 and three during the non-conference. Then we get into Big Ten play. And uh, uh, the first weekend, we're playing Minnesota who had gone to the Final Four the year before. And uh, Mike Hebert is one of the most respected coaches, certainly by me, that ever coached in the Big Ten. And he's bringing a team in ranked in the top ten to West Lafayette. And um, we started serving the ball short. And it was as if the Big Ten Conference hadn't seen a short serve in, in many, many years. And we found a way to beat Minnesota in four games. Uh, they also went to the Final Four that year. So this wasn't, you know, this was a good team. Uh, I think that probably some teams probably overlooked us that year. You know, we'd won, I think, th three Big Ten matches in the previous two years. So a lot of teams were used to beating Purdue. Um, but we did some things different. And I can remember, um, you know, having players go back and, and, and just really serve um, the short serve just perfectly. And it took Minnesota right out of what they wanted to do, and we got on a roll, and, 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 and that was a huge win for us. And, um, you know, that year we also beat Michigan State, who was a top-20 team. We beat, we went to St. John Arena and beat Ohio State that first year for the first time in 15 years uh, on the road. So some good things happened that built some confidence in our, in our program that I think led to some of the success that we're having now. Incredibly, the coaching staff in that first season – of Dave Shondell, John Shondell, and Kathy Jewell is still the coaching staff here entering 2019. How does that happen? And that's the first thing I thought of when I took this job. How, what kind of cohesive unit is, is this made out of, and how does it continue? Well, I, I never would have guessed that would be the case. Uh, you, you know, you, you hire people you think that you need, and, of course, John is a, a tremendous uh, technical coach. Um, you know, he is... Um, an all-american player at purdue as a setter but he has really learned uh, so much about the game and, and how to teach passing how to teach serving how to teach setting uh, he's kind of our offensive coordinator uh on our staff uh but he's he could be a head coach without any problem he's had offers from power five conferences to be the head coach but he loves what he's doing. He loves being in the gym. He doesn't want to be out recruiting all over the country all the time. He doesn't want to have a microphone in front of his nose all the time and being out speaking to, to people. He, he just as soon coach, you know, volleyball players and be in the gym. And so that's one of the things I think that is, has helped him settle here. And, and, and the other thing is we haven't accomplished what we came here for. And so I think that he's still driven to make that happen. And then uh, Cat Jewell, um, 
you know, came from Central Michigan. You know, she'd been there maybe two or three years, was a young coach, uh, but she s certainly knew how to operate at a Division One level, and we needed that person that had that kind of experience. And, and, and she's a no-nonsense individual, and she is not afraid to tell anybody what she thinks. And so we certainly, uh, um, you know, get some wake-up calls from her on, on, on how we should be handling certain situations. But she's just a, a, a diligent worker that sees things from a different perspective that I, I think really helps our operation go. So Coach Jewell um, is the one that's the jet setter. She's constantly traveling around. Yeah, seems to be. And, yeah. uh, and recruiting and, and helping yeah. out, and, you know, a big portion of that you know, going towards the top 10 classes that we've seen, especially this upcoming season, how has the landscape of recruiting changed in your mind over the past 15, 16 years? Well, just so many great athletes that are playing. A lot of, a lot of women that used to focus, young women that used to focus on basketball have, uh, have, have shifted gears. And I think that the, uh, the sport that is most popular for young athletes today is volleyball. You know, it used to be that, you know, that uh, a lot of uh, African-American athletes, they, they wanted to play basketball, and, and that's changed. And you just look across the Big Ten, and you can see that. Uh, players are, are, are much taller and longer. Um, the average size of a middle hitter in our league is probably 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, right side player is probably 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, Setters are over six foot. So, uh, you know, athletes are bigger and stronger and, and have more experience. They're playing at a younger age. Right now, when you go watch 14-under volleyball, which is silly that we're watching it, but we are, it looks like what 16-under volleyball was 10 years ago because they've been playing so long and there, there are so many good athletes playing. Uh, but the recruiting has become just a real uh, valuable cycle uh, in, in the whole process and you have to have people that can recruit and you have to put your time in to make that happen and you have to have a great university and a great program to recruit to and, and we're fortunate that when we get people on our campus they love it. Uh, it it's, it's not as easy to get people to come visit Purdue as it might be to visit Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan or Minnesota but when we get them here they're blown away by what Purdue provides, and it's, it's all about the people here. I mean, it's a beautiful campus, and we got unbelievable facilities. I don't know if anybody in the Big Ten has better athletic facilities right now than Purdue. Uh, so when people get here, they realize that, okay, athletics, is it, it means something here. And it's a school that provides great academics and athletics combined, which is what I think parents are looking for, and, and mostly female athletes love that about Purdue. So we're going to wrap up uh, today's episode by getting to know Coach Shondell a little bit more. It's a segment that we are going to call the fifth set with Shondell. And so as we enter this fifth and final set, it's a shorter set, so we'll only ask a few questions. But the first one I'm going to ask you is what is your favorite activity when you're not inside a gym? I'm a huge college athletic fan, a big sports fan. And so, um, you know, we don't get a chance to watch a lot of Purdue football, but when, when I have the opportunity... I'm there watching it. I uh, love college basketball, both our men's and women's programs. So I'll watch, I'll watch a lot of sports on TV. Uh, I also like to be here at the lake. Uh, this has been something that has, I think, if you talk to people who know me, it, it's changed who I am. It's allowed me to, I think, enjoy life at a much higher level. The stress that can build up from coaching um, you know, in, in the Big Ten Conference, this is a place I can go to and, and get away from that for a while. And uh, even though I'm only 25 minutes away from home, uh, and 35 minutes away from campus, it feels like I'm a million miles away. So I like being here. And then I like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to, to break 80 
uh, on a regular basis on the golf uh, course, which uh, I'm, I'm a long way from that, but I, I'm working on my golf game and I enjoy doing that, something else that kind of takes me away. But you can't, you can't take yourself very far away from Big Ten Volleyball uh, because you've got to stay on top of it all the time. Coach, do you have any pets? Well, I got. We have just one right now. We've had. Uh, well, I have two pets. I got a, a cat, that, an out, outdoor cat, uh, named Nellie, and uh, then we have a dog named Mackie May, uh, named after uh, Guy Mackie from Mackie Arena, um, and she's as sweet as can be. She's about two and a half years old right now, and uh, we just really love her. But I've, we've had four dogs prior to this. This, and dogs are just awesome. Uh, we we just really love dogs. I love dogs, and and Mackie is is a really really good pal. Uh, of mine, and normally she's up here at the lake, but today because of the, the first edition of Dig City, uh, I opted to let her stay at home. But uh, uh, do- pets are awesome, and, and certainly to have this dog. She's a red fox lab, and uh, very, very calm, and, and uh, uh, just a great dog to have. What's your favorite holiday? Mm, probably Christmas. Uh, just the opportunity to get everybody together, uh, and the memories that come from uh, Christmas past. Uh, I still would probably say Christmas is, is my favorite holiday. Uh, good food, good fellowship, uh, which you get out of a lot of holidays, but I just think there's something special about that and the meaning, you know, and, and, and you know, Christ, what, what, what he did for uh, all of us. It's a pretty special day. And so you mentioned food. I could ask you what your favorite food would be, but there are so many options. If you had one last meal, not where would you eat it, what would it be, you know, the sides and everything? Fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, um, salad, but fr- fried chicken, no doubt about it. <laughs> the salad almost cancels out the fried chicken there. Almost. Next episode, we'll dive deep into the preseason for the Boilers. Until then, I'm Daniel Gilman, and this is Dig City Purdue Volleyball.